Now at 7.31. Mr. Powell is neither a hawk nor a dove. I used to say that we all want to be wise owls, and I think that he fits that category very well. That's a quote from Richard Fisher, former president of the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas, describing the newly appointed Federal Reserve Chair, Jerome Powell, who will replace the current chair, Janet Yellen, assuming one of the most powerful positions in the world economy uh, of leading the U.S. Central Bank. Let's bring in Professor Stephen Carl first from the School of Applied Economics and Management at Cornell University before we look at how this will affect us here in Korea. Uh, and thank you very much, Professor Carl, for joining us. Thanks for having me. I uh, saw... Lots of headlines about this, obviously, but one that caught my eye from Business Insider. It looks like Trump has made the safe choice for Fed chair and Wall Street will love it. Um, but but the fact this is seen as a safe choice, can we expect consistency then? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Powell has been someone who has voted with the existing chair, Janet Yellen, every single time there's been a vote during his tenure on the Board of Governors. So we really shouldn't expect any drastic change, and, and actually that's a good thing. We shouldn't want a drastic change in policy. Um, when Janet Yellen got in herself, there was no real drastic change either. Um, and I would say we're still in times that, that where, the, where the Federal Reserve has to be careful and, and move cautiously. Another choice might have been Stanford economist John Taylor, who some Republicans were pushing for, seen as having a more hawkish stance. Um, what sort of difference would that have brought had he been chosen? Well, well, Taylor has been in favor of a much quicker pace of interest rate rises than what we've seen. And I think that probably is not a great idea at the moment. Uh, the economy has been expanding at a fairly, if unspectacular, fairly steady but not spectacular pace for six years now. And, and, and uh, we do, though, still have the danger of tipping it back over into recession. Uh, we have uh, unemployment now about as low as it could possibly get, and, and I think it's better not to move too quickly. Let's remember, the, the risks here are not symmetrical. Uh, the Federal Reserve can raise interest rates as high as it likes if it sees the need to do it. It can only lower them at the moment by about a percentage point and a bit more if it needs to lower them. So we really don't want to get ourselves in a situation mm. where the Federal Reserve has to act. Yeah, so um, if raising rates is the economic equivalent of putting the brakes on, we can expect uh, Mr. Powell to do so on a continued basis, but but steadily. Does that mean an, an, another rise, though, in 2017? I would think so. I mean, there's almost certainly going to be another quarter-point rise next month. And, you know, depending who you talk to, there might be another two, three, some people even might think four uh, next year. But I think Mr. Powell will follow Janet Yellen's lead in to do that. And that, I think, is a very good thing. And the president, by the way, uh, would also like that. I mean, the one thing that Trump needs is for the economy to stay strong. He is one of the most unpopular presidents that we've had in a long time. But one thing that is helping him in the polls is that the economy is doing well. So he is not somebody who would want interest rates to go up quickly. He'd rather see it go up uh, much more slowly. Just looking a little bit more into Mr. Powell, a former investment banker, but has been a member of the Fed's Board of Governors since 2012, as you said, has voted along with Janet Yellen. Um, but 
but certainly knew all about the uh, Obama administration. Very, very wealthy on a personal basis as well. Uh, is he a rare figure who's able to bridge the Obama administration and the Trump administration then? Well, yeah. Um, he has a, 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 a reputation for being non-ideological and for studying very carefully all aspects of the issue in front of him. Um, and I think that's a good thing. Um, he's not an economist, um, and and that some people, you know, I'm an economist myself, and I, I would tend to think an economist would fit well into that job, but somebody who's open to a variety of ideas is probably a good thing. And one of his jobs uh, as the overseeing the regulatory function of that, now he has, in response to the Trump administration's proposals, that he thinks it's, I think the quote was a mixed bag, unquote, mm. which says that he's thinking about it and he doesn't take a dogmatic approach one way or the other. And I, and I think that's a good thing. Can we just address briefly how you see this affecting other countries? Well, if the trend of interest rates is up, and it most certainly is, what we're debating here is cost then you can count on the U.S. dollar remaining strong. And that's probably going to be the most important effect we see for other countries in the world with whom we trade and, and compete. Um, well, so just to spell that out, um, reports say the ECB, the European Central Bank and the Fed are moving at different speeds, albeit in the same direction. Um, the ECB planning to scale back on uh, their monetary stimulus program in October. Um, how important is it for others to, and that includes us here in Korea, to, to not only match what the, the U.S. is doing, but to, but to do so <laughs> cautiously with trade in mind? Well, certainly the U.S. is the biggest player in all of these financial markets, and what the U.S. does is going to influence everyone else. It would be difficult, I think, for smaller central banks of countries that are, are closely linked to the U.S. economy to move in the opposite direction, uh, or at least not with any, any, uh, any major moves in the opposite direction. So going to be higher interest rates to come around the world. Um, I don't think, though, that this is going to, to affect you know, any particular interest rate rise is going to have a major effect, because after all, they're only doing it a quarter of a point at a time, and then waiting to see what happens. I think uh, the ECB is similarly cautious. Uh, Draghi has not said that he's itching to do anything major, and, and come on now, they're waiting, you know, they've signaled that they're going to change their policy well in advance, so certainly they're being cautious as well. Yeah, well, here in Korea, we never drop below 1.25% anyway, and we'll, we'll assess what the BOK will do next in just a moment. Professor Carl, for now, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Professor Stephen Carl of Cornell University. And um, we are seeing more ambitious growth expectations. Uh, looks like this year we could easily reach 3%, surpass it, in fact. Um, and that certainly won't uh, discourage the Bank of Korea from lifting that benchmark interest rate, which has been frozen at 1.25% for the past 16 months. Kathleen O is a uh, market research uh, economist at Standard Chartered Bank Korea.
Um, thank you very much for speaking with us. Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me. And if the US Fed raises its benchmark rate from the current 1% to 1.25% range, um, there'll be an interesting impact, won't there, on uh, Korea and the US. Can you assess the direct effect on the financial market here? Sure. Um, you're right. The market is currently pricing in more than 90% chance of a rate hike by the Fed in December. And the Federal Reserve has been actively communicating with the market that they will make a rate hike by and there. And because the rate hike in December has been so widely expected by the market, I think the um, any effect uh, volatility on the market from the Federal Reserve's rate hike uh, will be quite minimal. Uh, just in general to global financial markets. And to South Korea, uh, usually concern on capital outflow uh, rises when the spread between the U.S. and Korea uh, rates uh, narrow or even reverse. But this time, I think this is not so much the case because um, the Bank of Korea is expected to make a rate hike in, in November. I think it has a strong conviction to make a preemptive rate hike before the FOMC. Um, Governor Lee at the October MPC meeting has sent a strong signal for a rate hike and also seeing that there was a one surprising dissenter who voted for a hike um, uh, compels me to believe that the Bank of Korea will make a rate hike in November before the FOMC. Well, President Trump picking Jerome Powell, we've just been assessing that from a global perspective. Do you welcome that from a very Korean perspective? Well, it's the news on President Trump's nomination for Jerome Powell as the next Fed chair has it was certainly a benign news to global financial markets, and that includes South Korea. Mm. The market volatility and reaction to the news was uh, the least among other candidates, I believe. And uh, Jerome Powell, uh, among other candidates, would be the chair who follows and continues uh, current Fed Chair Yellen's monetary policy direction and rate hike schedule next year would be highly uh, gradual, uh, same as what we can expect now. From South Korea's perspective, uh, Fed's continued gradual rate hikes through next year would be more of a positive environment as the BOK is also looking to raise hikes on a, on a gradual schedule. There is speculation of, of the Bank of Korea raising that benchmark rate this month, perhaps, um, changing the forecast up to the 3% range now for economic growth, diplomatic ties with China being restored, and the list goes on. Can you elaborate a little bit further on your prospects? Right. Um, as I mentioned before, I expect the Bank of Korea to make a rate hike on 30th of November, and I expect the South Korea economy to grow 3.1% this year. Um, I think the Bank of Korea is now expecting more and more that the South Korea economy will grow above 3% this year. Um, this is the first year uh, since 2014 that Korea is seeing a resilient growth momentum that can push above 3%. When I see macroeconomic uh, data uh, and especially external sector, um, the exports has been rebounding largely from last two years. 
And also uh, semiconductor IT upcycle and the petrochemical sector is benefiting from higher global oil prices. All are favorable to Korea's macroeconomic condition. And what's more uh, mm. interesting for me is seeing that the domestic uh, condition has been improving as well. Um, expectation of the new administration. administrations, um, income-led policies, and the sentiment turning around uh, towards a more upbeat uh, consumer uh, retail sector has been good news to growth momentum as well. And now with the news on China-Korea relations potentially being uh, restored, uh, growth upside uh, for next year is even larger. Uh, We'll see tourism coming back uh, to um, uh, recovering from last year's uh, 40%. Uh, loss from Chinese uh, tourists and also services sector employment um, and uh, retail sector uh, earnings is likely to be supporting Korea's overall economy, uh, in my view. Commercial interest rates, with them being already on the rise, regardless of the Bank of Korea's next step, perhaps in anticipation of these conditions that we've just been reflecting on, how much pressure does that put on household debt, which stands at an all-time high, 1,338 trillion won. Well, um, it is alarming when I look at the absolute level of domestic household debt level. Um, It is uh, the highest among Asian peers, and it has been going nearly 90% of real GDP level. But... um, And also the growth rate has been double-digit in the past couple of quarters despite the government's macroprudential measures. But, um, however, I am seeing some slowdown in growth rate and also um, the target for the government, I believe, uh, to slow the growth rate is to 8% from current 11 and 10%. Uh, the good news is that the government's commitment to slow the growth rate is there, and that although the level of debt is high, when I see the composition of the debt holders, um, over 80% of those who are currently in debt have healthy credit condition and have income level that can repay the debt. And also, the default rate for the domestic household debt is is quite low, below 0.5%. And the Korea's average household asset size is around six times larger than the average household debt. So in overall, I think the macroprudential policies, if it continues to be implemented throughout next year, I think uh, Korea it's not too late for Korea, Korea to slow debt growth and uh, control the household debt. Well, it's uh, a consistent issue. And now the... Uh the space of this game is changing a little bit uh, given the, the the alteration of the US policy based on its own positive indicators. And with things looking more positive for us, it's, it, it is a positive symptom, even if some will be concerned uh, on the implications of debt and rising rates. Thank you very much, Kathleen O, for joining us today. Thank you. Kathleen O from Standard Chartered Bank, Korea. You can have your say on how... Rising rates will directly affect you. Maybe we'll be wonderful for savers out there. Powder Sharp 1013 for 51 per message.